Hi, it's David Ward from the Rock Therapy Show on Musicians on the Record. Thank you so much. I'm really glad you're here today. If you're back with us today, welcome back. And if you're here for the first time, welcome. I know you're busy. I know you got a life. There's a million, a bazillion podcasts out there. So for you to land here and listen, really appreciate it. If you love hearing about musician stories, them overcoming challenges and what they did to do that, whether it's personal growth and recovery, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast and join us because that's what we bring you every week. We'd love to hear from you wherever you're listening from in the world, and you can connect with us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. And please let us know who's your favorite musician and whose story you'd love to hear. Also, if you want to see these interviews, there's video too. You can watch all of them on our YouTube channel and our website at musiciansontherecord.com. Thanks again so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome to episode six of the Rock Therapy Show on Musicians on the Record. It's not talk therapy, it's rock therapy. We're having conversations all about music and mental health. I'm David Ward, licensed psychotherapist and unlicensed drummer. And today's topic on the show, very excited about it, that music is not your therapy. And this person, she's back on the show. She's multi-talented. This woman is doing a lot of stuff. I'm very pleased to have her back on the show today. She She is a world-class percussionist and drummer, motivational speaker, neurohacker. We're going to talk more about that. And now, uh, adding to the list, she is the editor-in-chief of 21st Century Drummer Magazine. Please welcome Pamela Serafin. Thank you, David. I'm so excited for this conversation we're about to have. (laughs) uh, You know, this is important. We're going to talk today about the hard truths about mental health and the rise in uh, suicide within the music industry. Um, And I, I, like I said, I'm excited because this needs to be talked about. And we're at the beginning of 2020 and I say, you know, let's put the cards on the table and really, really have uh, an in-depth conversation about this topic because it's needed, it's really needed. Why don't we get into the topic then, Pamela, and let's talk about music not being your therapy. Say more about your thoughts on that. Well, that's a good that's a good place to start <laughs> because there's so much talk nowadays about music being the therapy, right? That I play my instrument, this is my therapy. Everything's my therapy, my therapy. And now it's been watered down <laughs> to the level that everybody just thinks, you know, the general public thinks that just playing music is going to be enough to heal and enough to make changes, brain changes, behavioral changes, cognitive changes. You know, they want it as their job. They want it as their social support. They want it as their healing, you know, the factor. It's just too much. And the reality is it, it's not enough. And, um, and that is really contrary to what most people believe. Right. You know, there, there's a lot of talk about this. Um, and I understand it. As a musician, I come from um, a very traumatic background as a childhood. I started playing drums because it was my way of dealing with the trauma I was uh, involved in. And, and so there's this belief that, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to heal. And then what happens, of course, through life and the stressors of life and the challenges and all the things that can happen, 
it doesn't matter how great you become on your instruments, how much money you have, how much fans you have, how successful or how little you have, you know, or you're building along the way. It is not enough. And until we talk openly and we really revamp the entire system of how we view um, mental health and dealing with mental health and dealing with suicide and the realities, then, then it's never going to change. So that's a topic I'm really uh, passionate about because it has to change. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear your energy uh, about it. And certainly I agree with it. I mean, look, playing music, playing drums, guitar, whatever you play, it's way more fun than therapy, right? I, I tell yeah. folks that, you know, it's not like going, coming to therapy is not like going on vacation or winning the lottery. Those are maybe yeah. some fun things. It's, yeah. it's hard work and it's uh, very courageous work to come and face yes. your fears and, and learn more about yourself. So, yes. And, you know, a lot of my, you know, my, my background in my research is on the therapeutic benefits of drumming and, and all these other aspects, but it's a tool the the instrument is used as a tool and therefore it can be applied to many different areas of, of healing or, or therapy but it's not everything, you know? So you can't have uh, dealing with areas of shame and guilt or addiction and think that your art form as a musician is going to heal that because it's not. Mm -hmm. And the reality is you're gonna keep thinking that and then you're gonna get into more problems and more health issues because what you thought was gonna work didn't work, <laughs> you know, like, oh, if I only had the money, it would be great, or the fans, and then, of course, no, it doesn't at all work, it makes it worse, <laughs> you know. Can we talk about that? I mean, obviously, you've done a, a ton of work around this. What are some of the healing benefits of drumming music in general that you have experienced and you teach people, and where do you see that it reaches its limit? just like some of what we're talking about, that it's where it's not enough? Well, you know, as far as the health benefits drumming, of course, there's, there, it's innately therapeutic, for sure, or, or playing any instrument. Um, now, with drumming, there's a lot of uh, more positives that I would see because it's more accessible. And there's more things you can apply it to, such as meditation, such as doing muscle dynamics, such as doing breath work. You know, there's a lot of, of areas. And when it comes to therapy, let me, let me say this first. When it comes to therapy, there's two ways of changing the brain. There's top-down processing, right, and bottom-up processing. So most people know of changing the brain through the mind. All this, the mindset is everything. It's a big thing right now. Everyone's on the mindset. <laughs> the mindset rules. Well, not necessarily, because you can also change the brain through the body, right? And so drumming happens to be one of the easiest way, the simplest way to get that to happen. So that's, that's the idea where, you know, where I'm kind of pulling that from. Now, there's a lot of research that supports the therapeutic benefits of drumming. There's a lot of research that, that supports the benefits of making music. There's research on, on the benefits of listening to music. But the thing is, it's not all equal. And that's why we have to stop pretending that it's all equal, that you can really just listen to a song uh, every morning and do a few grateful thoughts 
and that you're going to radically change your life. It's just not true, right? And uh, I understand that, you know, your brain is lazy and it wants the easiest way, the easiest remedy to solve all your problems. But uh, it, it's more complicated than that. And so where do you see folks struggle? Uh, because obviously you're helping them with drumming, but you're also talking with them. Oh, it, it all it comes down to education for sure. Like the, the, the fact is that your brain controls all your emotions, all your thoughts, all your behaviors. And what we think that when you study this, it seems common sense, but it's not common sense. It's not common knowledge. They really don't know where it comes from, you know, which, you know, it's, it's hard to think that, but no, they're, they're not even, you know, as far as neuroscience or practical neuroscience or even, you know, talk therapy, psychotherapy, most people don't know even what it's about. So they're really just, you know, you're trying to do the best you can, but at the end of the day for musicians, most you want to be successful, right? Whatever, however you define it, you want to be successful. And uh, until you start to realize that to have success, lasting success and fulfillment is going to take more than just being world-class at your instrument, right? right? There's, a, right. there's so much more to it. Well, and I, I thought, please go ahead. Well, that's what, and that's the big part I want people to talk about and, and realize that your brain can be hijacked, a hundred percent hijacked. And you can't believe everything you think. And people really believe everything they think. <laughs> you know, they do. <laughs> it's like, right. you know. Well, and part of therapy, uh, as opposed to music, is challenging some of our beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves yeah. and about others and, and life that sometimes are accurate, sometimes are wildly inaccurate. Right. right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I, I have to say, now, it doesn't have to be psychotherapy. There's all different right. kinds, right? Yes. But it's really hard to discover your own blind spots. That's right. the hardest part, right? right? So if we knew what they were, they wouldn't be blind spots. <laughs> so you need somebody to call them out. You know, like for myself, I, I don't work as a therapist. I work as a consultant because... I am the one you come to for direct advice. This is like, this is the no bullshit kind of call it out as it is. This is the problem. This is how you solve it. This is what you need to do. Here are the resources. So that's, that's not necessarily the same type of therapy as psychotherapy where uh, you, you need to stay neutral. You need to let the other person explore their, their own uh, thoughts and what they want. And that. so this, there's a difference. And understanding these differences is part of the solution, you know? So it can't be one thing. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Right. Um, no question about it. And, and certainly it depends on the type of therapy. I mean, there's about a little over 400 types of therapy at this point. Right. Um, you know, I do a lot of that as well in my practice of giving recommendations and insights, but we also might explore where do some of these stories or old beliefs come from? Yeah. How did, how did they get set up in our yeah. minds, right? So, yeah. And you know, sometimes I, it's important to go back into the past and sometimes it's important. No, it's just solution. It's right. solution-based. I'm, I'm very much solution-based. I'm very future 
based uh, not that you you can't um, go back and figure out what was causing the problem because right. you know I have seen more than anything especially I have to say for men is they deal with a tremendous amount of shame and it's the one thing nobody seems to talk about you know they you know they have it's all called everything's called depression now <laughs> you know and it's like you know it's like well no there's 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 different levels of it right you know and um i think that has to be addressed and, and more people have to come forward um and talk about it on the other side we have a new problem where everybody thinks they're having anxiety disorder you know it's like it's like they have forgotten you have to take control and and realize that you have personal control and that there are answers for you and your job is to find them to find the solutions you can't say i have depression my my aunt had depression my mom had depression my uncle has it i have it i'm going to live with it well how disempowering is that you know even if it was true you don't want that in your psyche you do not want to integrate a mental health label into your identity don't do it because you know and you're a great example of that too is no matter what we've been through uh whether growing up or whatever it it fairly or unfairly becomes our responsibility to do something with it to do something yes, different with it. Yes. You know? And I, and the the not having any in your identity is a huge part because we like I said we are, we're on two kind of polar opposite ends where some people they won't even acknowledge the mental health issues because of the stigma and then the other ones are all claiming to have it. Right. You know? Yeah. So, you know, so so we're really, you know, the, the most important thing I believe is personal responsibility. And let me say this, I have dealt with so many mental health issues. So I'm not just like talking out of this from theory of depression and suicidal thoughts and personality disorders and complex trauma. And I, I've dealt with it. And I know that, yes, there are ways and that that goes to the, their neuro hacking. There are brain hacks. If you understand the basics of how your brain works, you can learn to change it. And, and, and it's not an easy fix. It's not like, you know, overnight, but you can absolutely a hundred percent transform your life for the better. I don't care what conditioning you're in. I would not believe in, I don't, you can, and now of course everyone's like, well, it's different for me because of it. Oh no, 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 no. Just stop saying that, you know, <laughs> just stop it. It is so disempowering. <laughs> you know, we, we have a, a, another interview with you, your full story that folks can go and, and check out on our page online and we could put a link to it. Uh, but say more about the neurohacking. If someone is coming to you as, as a consultant uh, or, or whatever role they're, they're hiring you for, Pamela, say a little bit more how you would help them with neurohacking, maybe an example or two. Well, um, neurohacking is basically using brain hacks to change the brain in whatever area you need. So they're simplified. If you understand, like I said, the basics of the brain, of how your brain is controlling all your thoughts, your behaviors and emotions, then there's ways you can learn shortcuts to implement into your life to make it to make your life better in whatever area it is you 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 want to uh, improve. So 
My area that I tend to focus on most is productivity, peak performance, and goal mastery. Because that to me is, it's, that is the most important like in, 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 my, in my life. So I'm not about just like healing and then, you know, not actually accomplishing your goals. I'm like, let's do this so you can get here. Whatever matters most to you, this is what you need to do to get here. That's, that's the goal. And I think goals are extremely important. Now, of course, we've got the other side that say, oh, don't worry about the goals. Enjoy, enjoy the journey. Well, if you're not focused on the goal, you're not going to get there, you know? Right. So Got to know the destination. Yes, you have to. And, and, and it's the thrill of it. It's the thrill of it. And so the neurohacking kind of, de, you know, developed because of this and these, and these kind of uh, brain hacks. And then I got into the neurohacking greatness is what I called the keynotes for many reasons, because I love the title neurohacking greatness. <laughs> Who doesn't want that, you know? And, and so speaking of putting it into your identity, you have to believe that you, it is possible for you to do something great. You can't just hope it happens. And I, I mean, I hope that you're going to do something great and use it to make a positive change in the world would be really great, right. you know? Right. Right. So yeah. the, so the neuro hacks are um, designed to help that designed for you to have greater success on whatever goal it is that is worthy to you, but that is valuable to you. So um, just a, an example and it's, a, you know, small example, but it's one I use often because it's the first thing. If I, if I say brain hack, um, your brain will automatically kind of challenge me and go, well, I don't know if it'll really work. Well, it works people, you know, and I'm talking about the simple, a simple tool for anxiety is the box method, which is the Navy, Navy SEALs uh, tactic, right? I don't know if you're familiar with it. Very simple four stage breathing method where you're breathing in for four count, holding for four count, out to the mouth for four count, holding for four count. Okay, so that's simple. Do you know how many people are not going to use it? <laughs> the majority, right? Because your brain's gonna think it's too simple, can't work. So many people say to me, I've tried breathing, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's okay, well, let, let's talk about that belief and how, how is that serving you, right. <laughs> right? Right. So it's simple things like that, which you think, uh, you think if you give somebody the answer, if you do this, this will improve this, that they would do it. That's not, that's not the problem. It's getting them to realize and getting their brain to want to do this. So the motivation for that is extremely important. And how would you help somebody around, whether that's a fear or limiting belief, or it is legitimately their experience where they've tried it once yeah. or twice and it's just not done it for them? Yes. Well, the, the way that I would do it is to obviously, is to make it, it's not obvious, <laughs> to, obvious to me, is to make it, a, make it a game. Everything should be gamified in your life because that's how we're going to, to create more dopamine, right? This is, you have to learn how to harness your brain chemistry. That's everything. That's a huge part, that alone. So the novelty of something like the box uh, breathing method is 
is the the idea is you have to turn it into a game. I'll do it once, see if it works. Okay, well, it didn't quite work. It worked on a scale like two out of 10. Next time, I'm going to see if I can make it work under under more stressful circumstances. I'm going to go on stage when I'm about to panic and I'm going to breathe, do my box method and see if it works. And then, oh my God, it worked. You know, that's, that's, that's really it, you know, and, and, and I'm not, I, and I'm not trying to simplify, make fun of it, but it really, you have to apply the brain hacks. Right. You have to apply them. That's, and it's, just like, and it's just like with music, actually, it's practice. Whatever tool you're going to use, you don't pick up your guitar the first yeah. time and start playing Hendrix, right? It's you got to practice. It's the ugly, hard work behind the scenes, right? right? And that's the other part that is, is hidden because we like to think it's all of the, you know, when I get there, it's going to be all this. But you have to fall in love with that process. Right. The process and the the game, which I would the the game of life or the game of success, I love it. I love all of it, and I have been knocked down and beat down so many times by it. But I've learned to gamify it. I've learned to reward myself so that it becomes a matter of no matter all the failures, which I'm open to failure. I failed so many, I've. I've mastered failure, um, you know, it's seriously mastered failure. And it's like, no, you, you just, you keep coming back, but you don't come back the same. You come back smarter, right? So, and that's the hacks that I'm talking about for neurohacking. It's like, no, if this didn't work, I'm going to try this technique and this, and I'm going to figure out how to harness the power of my own brain. And that's, that's, you know, that, that's so important to be able to do. Yeah. You know, the other couple of things that we talk about with folks is some of that, which I think you have in spades, is that resilience, whether yeah. inner, inner resilience and or the outside, your outside support system, whether family or friends who are there or help you, where do you think yeah. some of that inner resistance comes from for you? Well, the, for myself personally, the resilience? Yeah. Oh, oh, well, that's a learned art. <laughs> that's a forced learned art through life. It's practice um, too, I, right? Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, I, I can't imagine for me another way because it's so empowering to be in control, to know that you are the one who are responsible. It doesn't matter what happened. I mean, you have endless excuses. And I mean, life is unfair. Let's just say that. We know it's hard. You know, terrible things happen to good people. And, and great things happen to evil people. So, you know, it's not a fair, it's not a fair trade, you know. And to become resilient, to take that responsibility and to know, you know, I'm going to take control of my own brain. I'm going to figure out how to make it work. And I'm going to make sure that these are my goals. This is what I've set out with. And not only just the goals, it has to be fulfillment. You know, so that's what for me, resilience is, is just that, that drive to know I am in control. Like there's no way in hell somebody's going to tell me that this is not going to go because I'll work at it until it happens. You know, right. and, and, uh, and let me say this and, and proving to yourself, this is the other thing that we, you know, 
gets lost in trans translation is that people think, you know, you just have to accept yourself and love yourself and, you know, self-worth. And it's like, no, you have to work at it. You have to prove to yourself by keeping your commitments more than anything to yourself, your self-discipline is everything. So when I see, when I have a goal, a vision doesn't matter how big it is. I know that I'll achieve it because I have a track record for every time I said I was going to do something and I did it. And that's how you build it, right? That's how everybody has that option. Everybody has the option of building a, a track record within themselves. Right. It's that talk and beliefs and action, you know. Oh, it, yeah. Gotta, it's a lot of action, people. Just <laughs> letting you know. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I remember you know, this topic is bringing up, uh, just reminding me when I uh, interviewed, had the pleasure of interviewing Krishna Das, uh, who you may know, and he talked about this subject of music not being enough, that if if music was enough, every musician would be happy, right? Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and sadly, it just doesn't work that way. And it, it also feels timely because I think a really great example of this is with Lady Gaga mm -hmm. yesterday or over the weekend having the interview with Oprah talking about her trauma. And that, to me, is a great example of a very talented musician yeah. and wealth and fame and all of that, top of her game. Yeah. Um, but still, that music is not the only thing that can yeah. heal, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, re it's really, I, I saw Lady Gaga in uh, concert here in Vegas, and she, she spoke, speaks really openly about how hard it is and how lonely it is yeah. when you're at the top. And I mean, I see it all the time because we are surrounded in really high, uh, very successful, high-level performers. And you think there's this image of, oh my, you know, how could you be depressed when you have everything? And it's so much more complicated than that. And a lot of it comes back to trauma, early tra trauma and trauma along the way. And there's, you know, that the, um, the idea that trauma is only a, a like a, a specific events is, is not really true because there's a lot of things that can overwhelm your nervous system and cause trauma. It can be the, the, it can be the death of a loved one. It can be an accident. It can be a relationship. I mean, people have committed suicide over relationships probably since the beginning of time. So it isn't just, you know, it's not just childhood abuse or sexual abuse or there's a lot of things you need to learn how to deal with and how to cope. And we're missing the coping skills. Really, and this is the thing, like I said, as easy as the box method is, or rhythmic entrainment, or, you know, muscle dynamics, or, you know, movement based therapies, or that, they're all part of it. And it has to, we have to be able to know that, you know, we need a lot of tools, a lot of tools to deal with the stressors of life. Yeah, because you may not always be around your guitar or your drum set or whatever. Uh, and some of those tools can be great, but the yeah. You know, if you only have a hammer, you need more tools, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, you're limited. The hammer is great right. for a lot of things. That's right. But, and, you know, and I'm like that with drumming, man, I can cover a lot of topics with drumming. You know, I can, I can, you, I can stretch it. But at the end of the day, if you've got some blind spots that you haven't even acknowledged, 
then you can do whatever you're never going to heal from it. You know, you've mentioned suicide a couple of times, Pamela, can we talk Mm -hmm. about that? And, and that, you know, how obviously music can be helpful with some of it, but that it has the limitations. Yeah, well, there's a, such a rise in the suicide rates. Um, and uh, I can't remember the numbers right now, but I know that they, you know, uh, the World Health um, estimates 300 million people deal with depression alone. That, that's just, that's a small amount. And um, the suicide within the music industry is on the rise. And there is, uh, there's no way of knowing exactly what's causing it. Of course, sometimes they think, you know, it's the pressures, the demand that is put on them. It's becoming successful too young, too fast, too soon, nobody to trust. Or it could be that they just don't have the coping skills that uh, even even with fame, without fame, even if you're right in the middle and you don't have them, you still need the coping skills, you know? And um, the, the fame thing, the fame is tough. I mean, I've been around enough to see now that um, it is really tough because it's very difficult to know who to trust. Um, and so there's a bit of a human um, contact and trustfulness that, that is lost and it's confusing for them. And I can totally understand how depression can kick in um whether if you had it from before or that this is a new feeling um and the other thing is that interesting most people don't talk about but how desensitized you get to so much wealth and so much great incredible things um and it's a huge part I mean, I notice all the time because I, I'm around it all the time. And what used to be such a big deal, you don't feel anything. And then, of course, you're, that's going to that's gonna, um, have an impact on uh, the biochemistry and lack of dopamine and not being able to produce it enough as much. So it's complicated, you know? Yeah, there's a, a myth out there that it's all just great, but there's a dark side that we don't talk about. Oh, it's it, just, right? It's absolutely. And it's dark. I have seen it. I've seen I see it often. Yeah. <laughs> often more than I like, you know, because there's there's a facade too that you have to play this role. Right. Um and uh, which I completely refuse to play. I don't want to play that role. I don't want to be part of it. I just don't. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Um, and I just, you know, for me as an educator, even though I'm a musician, I, I, I thrive on, on being the very best percussionist, drummer I can be. But the role of trying to impress others and trying to play this game and you're this and you're that. Oh, no. It's so it's it's it's. I don't even have words to describe yeah, it's, it. <laughs> it's, it's one of the masks, right? It's yes, one of the masks yes. of, of fame, whether in, you're in music or, or any other yes. thing. Um, yes. And it's okay if you know along the way that that's a mask right. and this is reality. Right. It's not good when you start believing that the mask is the real you. Right. Right. You. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I can really hear the the sense of isolation that must come at times as far as oh, whether it's yeah. trust and, and then depression can set in with that isolation. Yeah. It loves isolation. Well, you know, I, I see with um, 
my husband, Danny, because he spent his whole um, life, you know, being famous, really living that celebrity lifestyle. And that because I came in not from that side. And I noticed that when people talk to him, when you have a conversation, when you go for dinner, the entire conversation is about him, Mm -hmm. basically, about his music, about his history. And what he, he is hard for him to see is that that's not how the rest of us talk, <laughs> you know, but he's really aware of it and he doesn't like it either. But I'm just saying that for most people, they don't, they don't know what that's like to always be, you think that you're, that is, you are the topic. <laughs> right. You know, always be and on, so that, I imagine. Yes. And so that's the, that's the isolation that, that can kick yes. in as well. You're surrounded in them, but it's not based in reality. It's not right. our reality, you know? Right. And, so, and, and that's, that's difficult. Sure. And and I imagine that can be difficult for someone's loved ones as well, because I could imagine you sitting there feeling isolated because well, no one's talking know, to you. Well, I'm always, I'm always analyzing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you have to have, you know, you have to have nerves of steel to, yeah. uh, that was a real polite way of me of saying <laughs> what I want to say, but um to to be with a celebrity as well because yeah there is a, there is a really imbalance and um i have my own power so i'm like right. you know i'm perfectly fine sitting in the yeah. sidelines i i really this, that's irrelevant to me but for most people i say for the celebrities themselves that isolation and not knowing who to trust and always having to be on and there's a lot of games that are being played and it is the game. It is a game. The music industry, whatever industry, it, it is a game. Yeah. But you have to realize it's a game. And and what happens is it's easy to not know it's a game anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, and so you have to be uh, secure with yourself. You have to work on yourself. You have to have your coping skills. You have to take personal responsibility. And then you can deal with it better, you know. Yeah, so let's blind. Right. So, so let's talk about that too, Pamela, because I really appreciated you said, you know, no matter what we, what we work on, the ultimate result is, okay, what do we, what can we do about it? Where do we want to go? Uh, mm-hmm. What's our end result? What can somebody do, whether musician or, or just regular person who struggling with stuff, mm-hmm. trying to have music as one of those tools in the toolbox, but it's not mm-hmm. totally doing it. What can people do? Yeah to help themselves with that? Well, I think the starting point, um, a starting point is knowing that you are not your brain, that your brain can be hijacked. Absolutely. And not to believe everything you think. And I know that's been said before, but it's true. So anytime you're dealing with anything, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad, you have to be able to stop and think is this really true? Where did this belief come from? Is it serving me? What if I'm wrong? <laughs> you know, what if, what if I thought this all my life? What if I'm wrong? So you have to be able to consciously step back and go, let me see what this is. You have to use a lot more logic and rationale. There's a lot of artists, we use a lot of intuition, you know, and then forget that there's so many reasons why your intuition is faulty. And you have to use logic first to make decisions, you know? So there's, it's really stepping back and, and taking, like I said, that responsibility and go, okay, 
I just had this thought. Is it serving me? And is it completely wrong? Was I fooled and somebody told me this when I was 10 years old and I never thought to question it? You know, that's the starting point. And then to, from there you go, if you do, you know, you go, wow, this isn't serving me. Get help for it. You have to reach out to qualified, not just your friends and family, although you need the support. But go outside your industry or outside of your domain and ask for help, ask for other opinions from people that, that like I said, are qualified to give you uh, answers and direction and then logically think about it and then trust your intuition, then follow your heart. So that's the, that's the process that I think we have to do as opposed to this feels right, I'm going to go do it. No. No, no, no. Don't do it. <laughs> what feels right, what I always say, don't do what feels right, do what feels wise. And that's that's the difference. Yeah. And is that uh something that you've run into as well, whether musicians or or otherwise, uh knowing who to trust, who to reach out to for help? Yes. Well, I think I think you have to be able, you know, you you've got to make the effort to um Educate yourself on the science behind things, at least, you know, I'm not talking Google searches, <laughs> right. at least a little more depth and, and question the authorities as well. So it can be just, I read, you know, I always hear people always say, oh, I read this book or I read this article once. And then this is, this is the, you know, the decision I'm making based on this one article. Well, no, you really have to dig a little deeper depending on what the problem is. Like if you were dealing with shame, if something, you know, you realize that, oh, there's something going on that's not adding up and these drugs aren't helping anymore and I'm still feeling just the pain that I always did, then you got to think, oh, I need to, I need to find somebody that can tell me what's happening or how to deal with this or how to address it. doesn't mean you have to go back into the pits of hell of shame and deal with it. You don't have to go all the way back but you got to at least know it exists, you know? So I think uh, like that, that's what I would suggest for, for people that are struggling. Yeah. You know, and with all of the work that you're doing, uh, amazing work in the world, you're working on your doctorate. Dr. Pamela is coming up soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> where are you in that process can i ask oh i got i got a ways to go unfortunately but uh you know i'm about a year and a half out that's great so yeah it's not that far considering no. you know Very I've, close. Been in, I've been in academia for 12 years wow 12 years non-stop so and, and, you know and you're speaking you're doing the motivational yes. speaking let's yes say more about yes. that please so i have you know i have some great uh keynotes coming up I can't talk about them because they, they haven't gone to press yet, but I'm really excited about that because here's a little secret between you and me and whoever watches this, because part of neurohacking, part of neurohacking greatness is my research in drumming and the health benefits of music and talking to outside of our community, to regular people. Here's, here's, the world that we live in this is what we can do better and this is what i'm doing as far as the magazine how i'm changing and reshaping 
uh, my desire to reshape the drumming industry so that more people can benefit from it. And so my talks kind of incorporate everything. And then they put me as motivational speaker and I go, okay, well, if that's what you can call me, I'm I'm good with it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's great. You've got a long list of things, many good works in the world that you're doing. So with everything else that you're doing, I I also wanted to talk a little bit about, I don't know how you fit this into your schedule. You started a magazine, Pamela, 21st Century Drummer Magazine. Please talk about oh, well, that. Now, now you just get me all excited again to be able <laughs> to talk about this. Because here's my 21st Century Drummer Magazine. This is this is so important, not only to me, but my 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 desire to make such a positive change. And of everything that we're talking about, even though it's called 21st Century Drummer, I could have called it 21st Century Musician. I maybe should have, because it reaches such a broad spectrum. And it includes the the science behind, uh, really the science behind success, health, mental health, spiritual health. Um, it has all the interviews from the most inspiring drummers and percussionists around the world that are never addressed in other publications. You know, these are the ones that I find, or seldom addressed, I won't say never, but seldom. Um, ones that I find that are doing really incredible work in the world, trying to make the world a better place. Plus, you know, they're, they're working on their skills, their careers in music. Um, and I, you know, I really wanted something that involves that everybody, not just the drum set players, not only the, just the pros, the drum royalty that we all know, um, I wanted to make it uh, something where anybody in the world could look at it and see themselves in it. You know, that was a huge thing for me. I want everybody to know that that there's a place for you to belong. And in, in order for them to know that, they have to be able to see it. So um, that's the start of that. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that takes a lot of my time. <laughs> I bet. I bet it does. That's amazing that you're yes, putting that and- out there. And I have some great writers. So I don't do, I do, I do the mainly the science uh, writing, but I have a lot of contributors. I'm always asking for anybody in the community, drumming community or any other professions to contribute to articles that um, are action-based. So these aren't, you know, a lot of magazines got a lot of fluffing and a lot of advertising. I don't do any advertising in the magazine. Um, I probably should, maybe I one day will, but this right now really reads as a book zine. So it's, it's, it's mostly meant to be read continuously. It's not something you read once. It's not a throwaway magazine at all. So um, yeah, a lot of great stuff uh, in it to help people become more successful not only behind the drums, which is a big part too, but in all areas of your life. So like you said, or what we've been talking about, so when you are successful, you are a whole person of, and able to handle success and, and have lasting fulfillment, which is the goal, right? So... Right. And so the the episode, I think no, episode number three at the time of this recording here, okay. that you guys just put that out, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, this just came out. So this is the January. It comes out twice a year. Twice a year. Um, and so, yes. Yeah, so the next one will be June, but this January one, yeah, I'm really proud of this this issue because it's really kind of 
you know, settled into what, what's important. What do I want to talk about? Um, what needs to be talked about? What needs to be addressed? Um, and I'd like to see it become the norm. Like this is the, the, the magazine and the style of magazine where this is what it means to be a musician, you know, not just skill acquisition. That's, that's this much. <laughs> The big picture. To be a a holistic, uh, to have that balance in your life that you're talking about. Yes. Health health and wellness, including music. Yes. Without the lack of success, without just saying that you can have health and wellness separate from success. No, you're still going for success. And that's, that's a huge difference, which is why I kind of don't go in the health and wellness area. I put it in health and lifestyle because I want to make sure that the reader knows it's designed for success still, you know, it's all part of it. But we really, you know, the idea even for, for me is to be the very best player and to do whatever, you know, whatever is valuable to me, whatever goal is valuable to me. And so that's what the magazine addresses. I just want to appreciate you with all the work that you're doing. I think it's fantastic. And I love this topic. I mean, I, you know, uh, Music Thank is you. great. It's a wonderful tool. Uh, and just sometimes it's not enough. Mm-hmm. What have we not covered today, Pamela, that, that could be helpful to someone who is, you know, struggling out there or thinking about doing something different? What, what haven't we covered that you want to talk about? Um, you know, well, we covered a lot, so maybe maybe too much. So to simplify, you know, because I I tend to maybe I get I get excited about it because I'm passionate about it and I care. So I think the the most important thing I can say is that there are people that really care about your well being. They care. We're looking for you. People like me and people like you and and many, many others are looking to help. We want to help. So don't be afraid to to ask for help. It's part of the success. You know, it's part of becoming successful if you're younger, if you're older, whatever age. And also to to not not give up because of age-related, that if you have goals, that absolutely they're possible. You have to take you have to take personal responsibility for the the success of them, but it's possible. And so, if I could leave with people knowing that there's help available and it's possible, then then my job is then I'm in the right place. I'm in the right direction for people. <laughs> That's really great. Folks can check it out. Where where can folks check out the magazine and and more about what you're doing, Pamela? Um, the magazine is uh, at 21stCenturyDrummer.com, so easy to remember, and uh, you can download it. Um, well, I don't know by the time you when you I don't know when you're going to release this, but at the, we have it occasionally on for free that you can download it for free. But other than that, it's fifteen dollars for the download and twenty dollars per print magazine. And like I said, it is it is more of a table book. It's something you keep, you read over and over again, and it is meant to be shared. So, It's awesome. Thank Thank you so much. Soon to be, maybe by the next time we talk and interview Pamela, it'll be Dr. Pamela Serafin. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I'm looking forward (laughs) to it. Pamela Serafin, thanks so much for being on the Rock Therapy Show.
So thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share what I'm passionate about. And I hope that I hope others will enjoy our, this episode and get and make a, get a lot out of it. Very cool episode. What did you think about that? We'd love to hear from you wherever you're listening from in the world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it. And if you want to watch this interview, there's a video too. You can check it out on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, musiciansontherecord.com. Until next time, I'm David Ward. Thanks for listening.